I'm sorry for dripping. Dripping's what I do. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of the College Friends podcast. Today, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple stories, one involving greener cooking, one involving Wyatt uh, and his senior baseball team at Mike's Bar and Grill. Um, we got Cl- Cleveland Browns recap, World Series preview, and... What else do we have? The Jumbo Joe. Jumbo yeah. Joe. Jumbo Joe. Going home to Toronto. Absolutely. Love the living fossil. And then we also have a really good interview with Adam Mako, which will be uh, right around the middle of the episode. You guys don't know who Adam Mako is. He's a Mariners and pitcher that chucks 94. Listen to it. Yeah. Don't skip to the middle. You got to listen first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you miss out on all good content. all right so first off um cleveland browns lost a tough one uh yesterday recording on monday so yesterday to the steelers rex and jordy what uh what are your thoughts on the the loss there well the whole media world absolutely overreacted this morning and last night calling for baker to be benched or how they need to draft a new quarterback next year that's that was not the issue our old line was garbage. The, we, we were on our third and fourth and fifth safety. We had no chance from the get-go. It was ugly. We, we, the Cleveland Browns made a lot of strides this year and have gotten a lot better, but we're, we're not there yet. It's, uh, it's still a work in progress, and, and I think we just need to be patient, in the, and eventually it'll all, uh, it'll all add up. What do you, what do you... I do recall yeah. uh, Browns by seven before the game yesterday. Yeah, I, I did predict that. I was feeling a little cocky. Um, I, I had I had some I had a slow cooker go and I had nachos in front of me. I, I, it was a good day. I didn't expect didn't expect that to go down. What What'd you have in the slow cooker? Some pulled pork, maybe or what? No, buffalo chicken, buddy. Oh wow, Jordy, Jordy, what'd you think of the the Browns? Yeah, they stunk. But I mean, uh, at the end of the day, if they lose by one point, or they lose by a million. It's still a loss. It's so still a loss. Move forward. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Papa John's pizza still tasted good watching the game. And uh, the garlic sauce was still on point. So, uh, not too much Some to complain about. Some would say that's the most important thing. There's nothing better than a big yeah. dip of that garlic sauce. I don't know how, what Papa John's puts in that. It's literally like this liquid gold. Yeah, it's cracked. It's pretty much cracked. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they got me hooked. And uh... we'll have to ask her about that someday. Uh- yeah, so tasty, so cheesy, as Rex would say. Honestly, though, I'm getting pretty sick of every time the Browns lose, OBJ with his helmet off, no cleats on, halfway through the fourth quarter. Like, like it, it can't be the same old story every time. Like, he's always – like, I get yeah. when you're angry after a loss, but you can't be just sucking on the bench the whole game. Yeah, he's kind of a shit teammate. Yeah, I wish he was more <laughs> like his buddy Juice, but, I mean, it was a <laughs> – it was a big trade. Um, I don't know how well it's paid off. Like yeah. you, you watched even the Bills tonight on Monday, and Stefan Diggs has really like just jumped in there right away, and is you know the centerpiece of that offense, and it still isn't there with OBJ. It's it's tough to watch. Greener, what do you think? Definitely. Could you have called the outcome of this uh, game <laughs> from Sunday? Oh, 100 percent. Browns got humbled. <laughs> 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 they definitely got humbled. I they need a new quarterback. Okay, we can't be just we can't be a Baker Mayfield slandering podcast. He's 
he's he's good. <laughs> he's not great, and he's still developing. Like he. Well, I mean, they picked him first overall, so he should be. He's, he's, only, he's, he's, on, he's on his third system in four years. Like, give the guy a break. Literally. He's no awesome Matthews, I can tell you that much. No. No, he's, he's no Matthews. What? I mean, what? different sports different sports greener, but. <laughs> no, I'm talking about yeah. the leverage of the first overall picks. Oh, that's a big word, greener leverage. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the viewers of the podcast are love that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in school. All right, all right. Uh, switching gears here. Uh, yeah, we got the pilot episode in the books. I guess you could say we got our foot in the door, as Noom would say. Okay. Um, so make sure now that we're up on Apple Podcasts, be sure to drop us a review. Tell your friends. Let us know where you're listening from, and. Follow yeah. us on Instagram too. Actually, I want to uh, I want to make a big correction from the I got called out for a big time from the pilot episode. Um, I said that Maggie DH seventy two games um, his MVP year. That was not true. I got absolutely hammered for it. Um, <laughs> people are absolutely I got like multiple people absolutely roast me. He only DH three games. Um, I was called an idiot. Oh, I, was that. I wasn't even close. I was looking at B my <laughs> yeah. stats. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I was wrong. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna admit our mistakes on this podcast. One, hey, one other thing, Rex, yeah. that you kind of you had some breaking news there about uh, Robin Leonard's injury, and then basically while <laughs> we were done recording, you, you we were we were trying to break down a flurry trade, and then right when we were done recording, uh, their GM said that there's no way they're trading flurry now. So we kind of you know we got humbled from that one too. Yeah, yeah, but we definitely. I mean, as soon as we seen the breaking news, though, we I mean, we put the two and two together. That Flurry wasn't going, wasn't going anywhere. So at least we we had a brain on us to figure that out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> put our heads together on that. Yeah, one, we, yeah. piecing it put together. All the yeah. together. Since we're since we're on the topic of kind of magnifying Rex's mistakes, you were referring to Mark Bergevin, <laughs> GM of the Canadiens, as Mark Bergevin. No, that no, that, <laughs> that was that was on purpose. That's what I call it. Oh, that's by yeah, design. I'm, I'm going to right. call him Burger Van, and oh. that's not going to change. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe your opinion of uh, of his uh, GM moves will change, though, buddy. No, no. Okay, let's uh, no. let's switch some gears no, here. That's a, that's a good one to tie us into our uh, our next story that we promised Greener was going to yeah. touch on the uh, the microwave fire, the Great Fire of 2018. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So <laughs> one day, uh, I think it was winter time. Was it the winter noon? No, it was fall. It was early fall. Fall. Buddy. fall. Uh, so I just get home from class, you know, in the living room. I look to my left. Noom sitting on his uh, reclining chair, playing. At the time, was NHL nineteen. And if you know Noom, Noom loves his NHL video games. He will spend hours playing his Montreal Canadiens uh, <laughs> franchise mode. So I think we're having a practice in like an hour, hour and a half. So I was just going to make some quick. And so I threw some two or two packages of Mr. Noodles in like a, a Tupperware container, like a plastic container. But usually I put the water in the container. But <laughs> for some reason, I think Noom was distracting me. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot to put the water in the Tupperware container with the middle Mr. Noodles in it. Don't ask why. So, Green, how long how long you usually cook the Mr. Noodles for when you just 
slap it in the microwave. So precisely five minutes and 30 seconds. Wow. <laughs> and that's what I did. I put it in there for five minutes and 30 seconds. And then, so I walked away and I went and sat down with Noom, watched him blow up an absolute shit franchise in the Montreal Canadiens. Um, <laughs> so then I remember smelling something. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch and I remember smelling like burnt plastic. And then I looked at Noom and I was like, Noom, do you, do you smell that? He's like, he's like, no. <laughs> no. And I was like, okay, whatever, maybe I'm going crazy or whatever. But and then as time goes on, like the smells getting worse and worse. <laughs> I remember looking and I remember seeing smoke, like heavy smoke coming out of the kitchen. And I don't even say anything new. I run towards the kitchen and then I open up the microwave, which I see a melted plastic and all inside the microwave is completely black. So at this time, I'm yelling at new. Oh, no, there's actually a fire going on in the microwave. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. In the back of the microwave, there's a fire going on. So then I yell at Noom to tell him to come help me, like smoke and fire. And But <laughs> yet again, Noom's playing his NHL. So he tells me, it's greener, don't worry about it, it's fine. <laughs> so then I have to yell at Noom once again. That there's a fire in the microwave <laughs> in our house. <laughs> and then he finally gets up and he's like, he's, he couldn't believe what was going on. He was getting mad at me. And I just, at the time, I thought I put water in Tupperware container. But now with my older age, I realize I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> older so, age. yeah. There's a few things that you've done that you don't really admit to. A couple a couple weeks later. Yeah, but we're not gonna touch on that. We're not touching on <laughs> yeah. that. No, maybe we'll touch on it uh, you know, down the road. But uh there's nothing worse. I had that smell oh, yeah. of plastic in my nose. For... And the smell was in yeah. the house. <laughs> oh that just lingered weeks. in the back of your throat. Yeah. My just, my eyes oh. like didn't work really at all for the rest of the day. And yeah, we was like... at practice and we were doing poles yeah. or what were those jog sprint jogs or whatever? Jog sprint jogs, yeah. yeah. And I like my nose like hurt and my eyes. Yeah, hurt. I think and the I was... smell and the effect on the eyes was definitely the worst part for the boys, but <laughs> the crazy thing was though, even after Noom knew there was a fire, he just kinda No, he just <laughs> tuned it out. Yeah. Yeah, he slunk right back right back <laughs> yeah. in his chair and he, I think he I think I remember seeing the year 2026 <laughs> on NHL 19, and he's working on rebuilding. Noom was so worried about what he's going to do with last year's Shea Weber's deal. That he, just, <laughs> he, just, he just he didn't know he just couldn't handle getting out of the chair. Yeah. Greener's getting blacked out by the smell of burning plastic. And I'm laying on the floor because the smoke. Noom's just <laughs> melted in his chair. Noom's just marinating. Noom's just couch. annoyed. He has to stand up for the first time today. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, so no, then, I forgot it was there... a Noom roast today. I'm gonna do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. We need to bring back some old 808 <laughs> for a roast, yeah. maybe one of these times. But yeah, there, there was the but yeah, yeah. microwave story from the 808. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I think now's a good time to send it over to uh, our interview with Mako. Um, I think the listeners, especially baseball fans, will really enjoy this one. All right, I'd like to welcome our first ever guest on the College Friends podcast. 2019 seventh round pick to the Seattle Mariners, 
2019 Vauxhall grad, Adam Mako. So, Mako. Thank you, boys. Um, <laughs> what uh, What are you up to now? Right now, we're just hanging out. You know, we got a, about a six-hour day. I'm in Arizona right now. And here for, like, a little little Instructs uh, Developmental League. And I'm just chilling out here. Trying to play some baseball finally. Pitch my first game on Tuesday, last Tuesday, pitching game tomorrow. It's gonna be hype. Good stuff. So I I actually thought you were still in Canada right now. I didn't know you were in Arizona. Um yeah. but so I think we'll get into more of what you're up to now and lately, um, recently. But um since since I kind of know you a bit, we attended Vauxhall together. I wanted to ask you about growing up in Slovakia and how you got into playing baseball there because obviously Slovakia isn't really known as a baseball country. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was weird. Uh, my school was one of the only schools in Slovakia that actually had like a baseball program. So I guess that was kind of luck on that part. And I honestly had no idea what it was. We just got like a bunch of ball pit balls and we we're like hanging them, hitting them into like a, off a tee and just throwing a little bit and then I that was in first grade I think so I was I signed up I came home and my parents obviously had no idea what it was but that's how it kind of started and then eventually uh, I think there was another team that developed so I literally only played like two teams like my whole up until like I was like 13 14 so it was kind of wild but yeah, so that's how it started. Uh, just for the viewers listening, Adam Mako got his mechanics from watching David Price videos on YouTube. Mako, are you still watching David Price mechanic videos? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm watching your videos now. I'm trying to see. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm trying to see what you got going. No, I for real, I don't really focus on one pitcher anymore i'm just like i'm trying to diversify now adam why don't learning you learning from why, like why don't you touch on that for everyone just how you kind of helped yourself get to or develop those pitching mechanics by watching david price yeah all right yeah i mean it initially started i just looked up like it started with justin verlander so i looked up like the best pitcher of like 2011 and at that time like verlander was unreal so like he popped up and as I just like started watching him, I was like, if I want to be as I got to look like him. So I just started like watching his stuff and I started looking like him, started taking a bunch of video of myself. Um, and that's how I started. And then once I realized like how important mechanics were and stuff like that, I started looking at like David Price now, um, like when I came to Canada and it was honestly, it's, it's pretty easy now, like with all the stuff that's out now on YouTube and stuff, like learning from like Tread or somebody else. Um, it was a lot harder back then, at least for me. I have one but, uh, one more thing about kind of growing up playing baseball. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you spent you you and your family spent a year in Ireland before you made the move to Canada, right? So yeah. So did you yeah, get to did. play much baseball there? <clears throat> Yeah, I, I did. So we moved when I was 
I was like, I was 10, so it was like 2000, I was 11, 2012, we moved to Ireland, we stayed there for just over a year, and for, like initially, the one of the main reasons we came to Ireland is for me to learn, and me and my sister to learn English before we came to Canada, and the baseball was supposed to be unreal there, and the baseball wasn't bad, like it was good, but I was, I was still playing in like in the men's league for a little bit, um, so that was, that was Good times. You said you were playing times. in the men's league when you were 11? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did mess around a little I mean, bit in the men's league. It doesn't surprise me. It just kind of I, stood out. Don't get the boys going on the men's league. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> a few pints after the practices or what, buddy? Jeez. <laughs> Adam, so you talk about living in... You talked about living in Slovakia and uh, Ireland. What were some of your first impressions when you finally moved to Canada? Was it what you were expecting or was uh, it quite it was, a bit different? It was very different from like anything I've experienced before. Just because Europe is everything's like a lot smaller. Like I just came back from Ireland, which was like they were like driving on the left. Like when I came over back over to Canada, it was crazy. Like the, the roads were huge. That's like the number one thing that I remember when we first got to our Airbnb. It was like the the roads were massive and the everything's so much bigger here. Unreal. Like I remember I was pitching actually next to Colby. Actually, y'all wouldn't know Colby Clever, but I was, he's really my really good buddy of mine. And I was pitching next to him and I was like, oh my God, he's so good. And like everybody was, I felt like everybody was so much better than me, but Canada was a lot different from like any other experience that I've had, like baseball wise or like road wise. Awesome. awesome buddy so since um in the last nine months obviously minor leagues haven't been really what they have been in the past um do you feel like this was a year lost development wise or kind of how have you uh how have you handled the last nine months since uh since really this whole thing started honestly i think corona was obviously it's very terrible but it was beneficial to be at home i really enjoyed my time at home i finally got to spend extended amount of time with my fam that was that was cool and that was it was huge for me I got stronger even though like we didn't have gyms or anything like just running up and down hills in my backyard um, I got stronger I gained so much velo where if I didn't gain that velo I I doubt that I would be here right now in the instruct so I think that was huge for me to be able to be at home and like even though not experienced like the competitiveness, but just get after it on my own. It was cool. So uh, for some of the listeners back home who aren't really, you know, 100% aware of your past baseball, so where, where did you be able to jump from and where is that kind of right now? Uh, right now, I have been throwing for, I guess, two to three months now. I've been around like 92, 94, touching 95. Um, but year before this, I was like 88 to 90, touching 91, maybe 92. But that's where I'm at. Huge jump then. So uh, yeah. one thing, one thing uh, when you mentioned uh, just getting stronger and running hills um, in the time that you've been home, it kind of reminded me that, or made me think of like, out of all the people that I've been around athletically, you, I would say, have the best work ethic that I've ever seen. Um, is that something that you kind of always had or when you realized your opportunity to 
really do something special you kind of started it then or or uh, maybe your parents instilled in you at a young age um just maybe talk about where that came from yeah i mean i it started from when i was like super young and my dad was always working really hard at like providing for us um so was my mom they were always doing like everything they could and i just kind of saw that and i took it and ran with it i right like when we first got to canada i feel like my work ethic started because I didn't think I was, I was good enough. I was like, there's no way I can play here. So I started working super hard and just part of the reason that we moved to Canada was because of the baseball. So I, I didn't want to disappoint my parents on that end. So I was just like, I was getting after, I wasn't going to let like anybody else outwork me, but I'm still probably the worst athlete you'll ever see yeah. Marco, i still remember your 8260 buddy when you're in grade 10 8 2 was that is that is that the record even i broke 8 2 i broke 8 2 and i got to 8 3 4 yeah that was crazy your knees get so we wearing flippers <laughs> Kind of, it's funny yeah. to watch, honestly. Honestly, I still, I still probably run an eight flat. Not gonna lie, but yeah, no, it's crazy. That that part has not gotten any better. But so, Adam, just uh, I got a question for you. So, now that you've got a couple of years of pro ball under your belt, what would you say is the biggest difference between high school ball and professional ball, and what? kind of adjustments did you have to make uh, to make that jump from high school to pro ball? Yeah, honestly, like, I'm going to plug Vauxhall right now. Vauxhall has prepared me so much for what's going to happen. Like, even in pro ball, from what I hear, like, college guys, I don't think I got, like, the average, like, high school experience because of that. But for me, like, the biggest difference was probably how structured everything is. Like, you have you have to be somewhere at all times and you know exactly what you're supposed to do and everything's just like, there's a structure to it. I'm not saying like Vauxhall wasn't or anything, but it was a bit more like, okay, now we're doing this. Now we're doing this. And a lot of guys here are either super raw where like hit the ball, like 113 off the bat, or they're just like very diligent about what they do. And like, they may not be the, like the best athletes, but Shout out to me, but <laughs> they're super diligent about what they're doing and very mindful. That's another big thing. Like the mental game, like they preach that here so much. So then can you walk us through a normal day in the instructional league right now? So you wake up, let's say, I don't know, six o'clock. What yeah, do you do I mean, for the rest of the day? I wake up at around 7.30. I, I'm not grinding that much, but yeah, breakfast starts at <laughs> 7.30. <laughs> Breakfast starts at 7.30. We got a chalk talk, we call it, which is the pitching coordinator and the director of player development um, talk to us, like, during, like, I think it was, like, 8. They talked to us for, like, half an hour about, about the mental game. We got, like, a mental performance book, and we go through a page a day, and it has a different point every day. And they do a very good job of, like, instilling in us, like, how important you're being mindful and present is. So that's what we do. Then we got personal prep, which is whatever we need to do to get ready to throw. Um, usually that takes about an hour. So we're at about 9, 
then we go out stretch and play on the field, um, play catch. And then usually our games start around one. It's like we try to get a lift in in between there if we have a lift day. If yeah, our day our day ends kind of early, so you still get a lot of downtime to do. Like I don't know, I went thrift shopping right before this. So. <laughs> I can only imagine what you have on right now. Did you get anything? <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't get anything. I got chirped for whatever I chose. So I was like, nah, forget y'all. <laughs> I'm not getting anything. <laughs> um, so kind of going back to Vauxhall, and was it your grade 11 year that you committed to Purdue? Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, you had something to say? No, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I committed. So, you're in grade... year, obviously, like, leading into the draft – you obviously knew you were going to get drafted, um, but did you ever consider going to school instead of signing pro? Because, like, I know your academics is important to you, but obviously the seventh round seems like a good opportunity too. So kind of walk us through that kind of experience. Yeah, of course. Um, well, it was it was super tough because, like, when I committed to Purdue, like, the coaches were, like, super – um, welcoming and they always reached out to me and made sure that I was all good and like all throughout the year so like they they cared about like me as a person I like to think and so that was a big thing for me like I didn't want to commit and then and then leave for for the draft but ultimately it was the best decision for me I think I thought I was mature enough and and ready to enter pro ball so I just I took it and I ran with it but it, it was super tough, and having that conversation with the coach after I committed, that was it was tough. But gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, they just seen their four-year Friday starter just go to pro right away. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like a Sunday starter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, they, they had a couple of Monday morning whiskeys <laughs> after that. that call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again to Adam Mako uh, for coming on and talking to us. Uh, we really enjoyed having him on. Um, so now we're going to talk a little baseball here. The World Series matchup just got finalized last night with the Dodgers winning uh, Game 7 of the NLCS over the Braves. Um, so what do we think of a Dodgers and Rays matchup? Um, how about everyone give a prediction? How many games? Who's going to win? And uh, just some thoughts on the series. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with Rex. Well, I'm gonna go Dodgers and six. Um, I think this team has too much talent and have been good for too long to not like. They deserve it, honestly. They they have such a good staff. Like, I I, I you know what? I'm going Clay, uh, Clayton Kershaw MVP. He he's wow. gonna he's gonna redeem himself. He's gonna win game one. I think Walker Beeler and Julio Urias are also going to be pretty dominant. Um, I think Julio is kind of in that long reliever role, but yeah, he's he's been unreal. Um, and I, Mookie's going to bring one home to LA. Um, so I'm going Dodgers and six. What what do you got for us there, Jordy? What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to do the flip side of that and just do um, Rays and six, and really no like real reason for that. I just really want the Rays to win. I think it'd be kind of cool, um, but obviously, if the Dodgers you know, do win, it'd be it'd be pretty cool to see just with like how they've been around the World Series for so long, but they can't really seem to finish it off. But 
I'm going to go with the Rays in six. And MVP, honestly, I don't even know <laughs> because I don't even know hardly any of these Rays players. Be I mean, you look at their payroll. It's be yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at these guys, their payroll, and it's like – I saw a tweet yeah. today. It was like Kershaw, Mookie, and Kershaw were worth the same amount as, like, the entire Rays well, team. Good, yeah. So, I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. That was kind of uh, what crazy. I was going to touch on. I think it's kind of the David versus Goliath kind of matchup almost similar to the peasants of the 808 <laughs> versus the, uh, yeah. the guy royalty, in the master yeah. suite. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I, I think it would be cool to see the Rays win just because of the fraction of their uh, payroll that they have versus the Dodgers. And, yeah, I think Cody Bellinger with that home run yesterday kind of messed that shoulder up a little bit more oh, than yeah. he would have liked. So that might be something to watch for. I'm going to say – just because I'd like to see it happen, raising six as well. I have uh, Dodgers in six. Um, I'd like to call myself a semi-bandwagon Dodgers fan since 2014. Um, mostly because of Kershaw. So, I do think they'll win, but I also just really want them to win because he really deserves it. Like he's, you know, first ballot hall of famer, no matter what, but he's kind of deserved a ring. Um, I think the Dodgers lineup uh, is too deep, even though the Rays pitching defense really good. I think Mookie bats. Yeah. Uh, actually, sorry. I'm going to go Corey Seager MVP. Oh uh, yeah. It's a good greener. Uh, greener. What do you got? <laughs> I, I think the Dodgers <laughs> will win in seven. Now, why I'm saying that is because be pretty, pretty much cool. the two top pitching teams in the league going at it, I think yeah. they rank the Rays number one. The Dodgers are either second or third right behind them. So if I think the Dodgers be... win. Um, if the Dodgers win, I think, you know, it, they obviously were the best team all year. And I think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they won the Cup. They were the best team all year. And then the Lakers arguably were the best team all year. So I think, you know, it's kind of cool to think that the best team in each league would maybe win the title, something that definitely doesn't happen most years. Yeah, well, with COVID, like, just talent prevails, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's been less of, like, you know, scheming and game planning. It's just been, like, we'll let talent go win. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely a testament to fewer games, like, less of a grind. Not yep. as much of that uh, momentum yeah. going into the playoffs, I would say. I think that's something to watch, too, is if the Rays' bullpen can get some rest. You could tell they'd been kind of overused in that uh, last series. But it's crazy that they can just go one guy after another out of the pen, throw on 100 yeah. miles an hour. You know, it's, I, I don't know what the something. pitching matchups are, but I'd love to see Glasnow versus Walker Buehler. No, it's, it's the Glasnow. First, first game, it's Glasnow-Kershaw. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's still going to be a good one. But I, I love watching Glasnow pitch. Yeah, Snell's going game two for the Rays. I don't know about the Dodgers. How did the Pirates give up on him? I well, yeah, I don't know. Well, <laughs> don't know. All right, Greener, finish off your uh, predictions. Yeah, I just think got. I think it's gonna be a really low low scoring series just because of how good the pitching is gonna be. Um, obviously the the Dodgers have a great lineup, and it's kind of been like the Tampa Bay Rays have been winning. Low scoring games all year, so I think that'll kind of play into their their hands a bit. So I I think I think it will go to game seven, but I do think the Dodgers will come out on top. And for my uh, my MVP, I'm gonna go Mookie Betts. 
Yeah, be a tough day for a Red Sox fan. Yeah, definitely. That's that was the MVP of the World Series. That was a hell of a breakdown, though. Skip there. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. All right, so next uh, <laughs> we're gonna go to uh, a little uh, um, lighter of a topic, I guess you could say. So I'm from uh, Miramichi, New Brunswick, as a lot of you know. Um, Wyatt's from Saskatoon, but we and Rex, sorry, Rex have has also uh, not from Saskatoon. No, sorry, Rex is from Nova Scotia. I, I was I was thinking ahead <laughs> here too much. He, he, was, he might work there someday. Um, uh, <laughs> no, so we've all had some nights out in Miramichi. Um, Wyatt, do you want to give a breakdown of your kind of the trip, the one trip that you've made to Miramichi and maybe, uh, some of the highlights of, uh, the time that you had there? Yeah. I, Miramichi, Irish capital right. of Canada as, uh, most of our, I think we got a strong, uh, New Brunswick following, strong <laughs> Irish following. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I went out there in 2015 when they, the Ironman hosted the, senior nationals senior men's ball um yeah and we assembled our finest <laughs> drinking team to machine <laughs> and you know the locals i heard they're still talking about the damage that the, the guns inflicted on uh, on mike's bar i think they're actually still trying to recover their stock oh. of whiskey because i no word of a lie. You can maybe we'll get a guest on here um, to confirm this, or even maybe one of the Mike's employees. But there came a time that we went up to the bar to order another round of rise, and they were like, "We don't have any left." So, like, you guys drank. It sounds like a wife's tale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know nope. why. Uh, I'll have to. <laughs> yeah. So, I, and then it, I mean that we were gone by that point. At the end of the week, it sounded like there were some uprisings in New Brunswick because everyone wanted the whiskey, but they, they said, they said, we've never seen, never seen anyone drink like those Prairie boys. Oh yeah, my I don't... yeah. That's just a testament yeah. to the Prairie grit right yeah. there. Just a bunch of good you know, Sask boys most going of our listeners know, yeah. I've, and, uh... I've made our rounds at Mike's bar over the years. And I, I honestly, now that I think about it, haven't um, encountered many people drinking whiskey there. Uh, and that's uh, yeah. Since yeah, then, so, right? And that's five years <laughs> from from the big, uh, the big. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what you would the call dr- it, the big whiskey drought. Yeah, the, the big, big whiskey drought, drought. drought of you know, twenty fifteen. <laughs> <The> drought. <laughs> I, I've uh, I've made that trip but to yeah, that was, twice. That was the time. Um, the first time I I also encountered Mike's. Um, what a spot! <laughs> like, like for just a little small town, like that place is bumping. There was about 120 guys, 12 girls. Um, okay. It, Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. It me, me, new, yeah. a bunch of really wily New Brunswick senior men's league vets. Um, Respected. I, I, I don't mean to name drop, but like this is a pretty big name. Dave Barr was there. Um, <laughs> Had a couple of rounds with that guy. Just like, just one of the, just a great town. That that town is that town is uh, East Coast of Canada. That's uh, 
you know, you know, Mike's is one of those places that you hear, you hear Noom talking about the urban legends of senior ball, uh, name dropping all these guys, and then you show up there, and you see them in the flesh, and it's something that you you really can't explain. I mean, I mean some are more handsome than others too. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah. just oh, yeah. well, it's a, it's a good spot. I really, I really appreciate what Bear Machine's given me. Well, come back anytime, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, that's about all I I got. Um, Mike's great place. Um, sorry for putting you guys in a tough spot. <laughs> Noom, do you uh, do you want to tell you that Saturday night story at uh, at the Mike's Mike's bar? Um, <laughs> uh, do you want to tell it? <laughs> oh, I definitely can. So. Saturday night, we, Friday night was double rum night with Mike, uh, Dave Byer. Saturday, Saturday was a big Sooners. Um, it's pretty much all the teams that were out of the tournament. Um, yeah. So the, so we were out. All, all the boys went. See, show up to the bar. Noom's absolutely crippled. Okay, also, hold on, hold on. Okay, uh, this was my <laughs> second last night home before going back to Minot. So I had to get, you know, extra crippled. Ready so you, to go, you know. So you're one smiling. Last big, uh, one last big bang. <laughs> last couple, uh, last couple before I head back, uh, yeah, to the Magic City. Yeah. So, 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 so Noom had his classic one hand in his pocket, half in, thumb out with a beer, beer in his other hand. When I show up, just smiling, like he was the happiest guy in the world. So you know, later on in the night, Noom's, you know danced around he's he's not new he's he's completely gone at this point um but <laughs> so long story short is you know <laughs> new ended up um you know dancing with this girl um and you know her hands over his the back of his shoulder so uh she had a vodka crayon in her hand and <laughs> i <laughs> and i crushed it while she was dancing with noom <laughs> and all the newfoundland boys were just were just loving it Oh man! <laughs> oh well, real nice noom. <laughs> oh, it was a good time. Classy by noom. Yeah, yeah, boy. Right, well, let's uh, let's change the topic here a little bit. Um, let's talk about Jumbo Joe coming <laughs> home to Toronto to play for the Leafs. Greener, uh, what was your first reaction to uh, the news? Um. You know, I was pretty fired up watching Jumbo Joe rip it around on the ice as a kid growing up. But obviously, Jumbo's not Jumbo anymore. He's not the same old guy he was. He's not putting up uh, 96 assists a season anymore. But he does have 22 years in the NHL, so he's going to be a great guy for the locker room. And that means he's really old. Okay, Noom. Chill. Um, but I think he's going to fit nicely on the fourth line with uh, Spezza and Wayne Simmons. So that's a couple big bodies there in the fourth line. Well, that might be the slowest line in the league, though, which kind of sucks. It, but, it is. It would yeah. be slow, but if they hit, get the bruises going on the other team's defenders, I'll be all right with it. But I don't think Joel throwing no. much of a bruise. Well, he's he's a big body. I don't know. I don't know. I think Joel's, a, I think Joel's going to be perfect for the second power good. play, too. Like, I, obviously, his legs aren't what they what they used to be, but his brain is like he still think he's all he's making passes to two seconds ahead of everyone else. Still, the one like thing it. I do love about the signing though is 
Joe has uh, over 150 uh, postseason games in his career. No cups. First cup this year. Well, yeah, what is he? That was my next question. Who's going to kind of get into is what is he's Joe never won a cup, but he has experience. And the Leafs are a young <laughs> roster, so they'll have to he can guide the boys to a cup. At the end of the day, Green, at the end of the day, Greener, no matter who we sign, <clears throat> if you, if we sign a young guy instead of um, instead of Jumbo Joe, like the boys would still be roasting us. Like, oh, we yeah, but, I get roasted. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter who we sign. It's not good enough. And well, yeah, that's that's what happens when you haven't won a playoff. It's gonna be no, but you know so. what? The, the a really fishy thing is is Noom on our podcast. Yeah. Zach Newman thinks he knows more than an NHL GM, <laughs> Kyle Dubas. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one for us, Noom. Yeah, I, I, what do you got to say? For I that, just, Noom? I'm a big believer in uh, the cap friendly website. So, you know, when something uh, happens, I like to check what they're doing and what they have on their website is different than what Dubis has to say sometimes. So, okay, I but kinda, you know, you forget, I kind of bring exactly. it up and I take their side all the time, basically. You forget so, yeah. that our GM, Dubis, has a master's in cap. <laughs> yeah what's what's his doctorate in greener oh man in overpaying young players no Kid, you, you can't even say that you know they're worth every they're penny worth every penny it just sucks because we draft so good and they turned out good leafs just have too many good players that's the problem okay but oh yeah that, that's why you can't win a play th- this is good players th- i think you guys are <laughs> Kind of getting it confused with the video game where it's like, uh, frick, what's the uh, Diamond Dynasty and MLB or even like the hockey equivalent to it where you get their their cards. Joe Thornton isn't the player. No, that he we, was we, in are, we are saying that he, he is. We he know was. he's going to be a fourth liner. Well, Wayne so Simmons is going to have to be pushing him around like at public skate when yeah, somebody's pushing the, that kid this on. This is the Joe Thornton 64 overall. No, we, we know we know right he's now. not what he used to be, and he he's not he's his role isn't going to be big enough where like we expect him to do anything more than what he did really the last two years. So, and they're in a cap situation where they can only carry twenty guys on their active roster, and you're I mean, weighing it, down, weighing it down. Like he's Joe still Green. a better player than Fred the Goat. Like, okay, is he is he is he oh. a better? Mm. Okay, yeah, he, he's better than the Goat, but. Is he better than Pierre Engvall? Uh, he's not. He he's is. Not a good he assist. is better because of his experience, and that's why we signed him. He he he's a better fit with this locker room. It's just that like we have already so many of these young players, and that's been our problem. We haven't had that veteran leadership. Playing and, style so wise, yeah, Engvall is probably the guy, but. We need like all the veteran presence we can get and all the postseason experience we can get because we can't get past the first round. Here's what I'm taking out of this: you guys should have signed Joe Thornton as an assistant coach rather than a player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like you're saying, have him in the he locker room, be good but enough to, to play yeah. on the actual roster. But we're just gonna have him there because he's played in a lot of playoff games and lost a lot of playoff. You games. know what, Noom? He has a good beard. I can't I, wait I, I, Jumbo <laughs> Joe scores top chat on Carey Price. <laughs> he can't even lift his stick that high, Greener. Oh, oh okay. He hey, had 31 hey, points hey. last year. Noom, you guys just gave a seven-year deal to a guy that had four points last year, buddy. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't even talk. 
All right, that's fair. That's fair. All right, new topic. <laughs> Are we putting it no, off on this? No, or what do we got left? <laughs> you guys got anything else? No, that I'm good with that. All right, well that's uh... yeah, that's good. Yep, you're still listening. I don't know what no, you're doing. No, listening. I love it. it. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that uh, that wraps up uh, episode two. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned for episode three coming up uh, a week from now. Make sure to like us on Instagram, Twitter. Leave us a review. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.